0: But uh, but yeah, man. So today's episode of the Record Spinner podcast, man. I'm sitting down. I'm ta- I'm chopping it up with Dalton. We're just gonna chop it up today. Uh, no real like you know itinerary, schedule, program. Just you know chopping it up with the homie. Um, yeah, man. So how you been doing, Dalton?
1: Been been doing good, man. Maintaining. Um, yeah, trying to get through the rest of this year, man. So yeah, it's all good.
0: Yeah, it's winding down too. You know, it's uh, it'll be. 2022 here very shortly um yeah this holiday season comes in and then it just it just flies by it's thanksgiving then it's you know and then it's christmas then it's uh what is it new year's eve (laughs) then we're done so but yeah um what i always i'm always curious um because your record collection you have like i said i've said this before you have a crazy record collection uh goals hashtag goals right but are, do you continuously do you continuously purchase, or do you like do you find stuff, or or are you into um, like pre-orders and recent releases? Do you do a lot of that stuff?
1: Yeah, I um, I mean I consistently have records coming in. Mm-hmm. Frankly, man, I, a lot of it is, is uh, new releases, so new contemporary artists. Gotcha. That are some nice. music. That's
2: nice.
1: that's probably the bulk of what 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 I purchase these days, and a lot of it's on you know pre-order through Bandcamp. I try to support the artists Dope. as directly as I can. Uh, so that that's mostly what what I'm picking up. But you know, a rare occasion of uh, the Austin Record Convention was in town a few weeks ago, uh, so that was a good opportunity for me to see some cats that I hadn't seen in a couple years and pick up some some older records. Um, so yeah, but but mostly it, it's stuff uh, from Bandcamp primarily.
0: Sweet. Any artists yeah. you wanna you wanna mention any? Because I mean, I'm always I'm always up to check out some new stuff that I, I'm missing or not hearing, and I think you uh, you have your ear to the ground in that way. So
1: yeah, man. Uh, I, so the first person that comes to mind, uh, probably a strong contender for my record of the year is uh, Uh-oh. the Isaiah Isaiah Collier record and the chosen few okay. uh, cosmic transition that one is really kind of blew my mind it kind jazz? of came out from left field yeah okay. yeah it's uh yeah it's it's <clears throat> or black i should yeah. have said black music jazz, but black music you know, yeah. yeah black music yeah black <laughs> afro afro-american yeah. classical music yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah exactly exactly but you know, he, he's a he's a tenor saxophonist i tenor, and i think he plays some soprano okay. uh cat out of chicago um Affiliate with uh Angel Bat Dawid and uh, other okay. Chicago uh, luminaries, but he's he's really dope, man. And that that record, like everybody in that ensemble, is really kind of blew my mind. So I'm still processing that one and unpacking it, but it's yeah. a really good record.
0: We're in a we're in a like a we're in a in a very special place with black music, especially instrumental. I think it's it's on a it's on a resurgence. Uh, I talked about this with Bruce. Where I talked about a lot of the groups that or some of the groups that are coming out of the UK, uh that are amazing, uh that make mm-hmm. amazing music. Uh Chicago, mm-hmm. you name Chicago. Uh there is this like I said, just this resurgence of amazing instrumental music. Uh and I and I call it that just for lack of, you know, better I guess a better word. Um but yeah, man, I'm I'm loving it. I am just absolutely
1: enjoying it. And and it's yeah, it's
0: it's everything right now. So yeah
1: yeah 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 likewise man there's so many um contemporary artists that are they have a connection to the past but they're doing their own thing it's fresh yep. and it's new uh, so yeah i really enjoy that another cat i'll mention too um and our boy gabriel just announced uh, a release um from bassist luke stewart so oh nice he, nice he is like literally everything that cat is is dropping Shout outs. It's worth, check, worth checking out for sure. Yeah,
0: shout outs. DC, right? He's a DC guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout exactly. outs. Shout exactly. out. shout yeah, out. yeah. capital Tour. bop. He was, yeah, he was, uh, he was also featured on the um, Collector's Corner podcast. Shout outs to the Collector's Corner. I was actually on that podcast as well um, some time okay. back. And uh, this is run by um, Charvis over at HR. It, well, he, he does the production back end stuff. Um, mm-hmm. It's hosted by Ken Jackson. Jackson, I think, is his name. Uh, really cool guy so yeah shout outs to to luke stewart i know he was on an episode recently um yeah yeah i'm man just again just all the music that we got uh nag champa over here in dc as well like they're making a whole bunch of noise like it's really a good time it's really a good time to be back into into music and and so i want to do a quick shameless plug hit up the kickstarter for um for Charvis and the HR Foundation that they got going on to cr- finish production on that amazing project, the Black Fire yeah. documentary that they're finishing up, yeah. I'm super yeah. excited about that, bro. Like, I, 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 no, like, no words can express because, I mean, not only that I like recently find out about this amazing collective, this this amazing record label, but like, the tie-in with my favorite independent jazz label, Strata East, right that tie in and how, you know, and how it all me thinking in this weird way, I guess, me thinking that everything was so separate and so isolated. But of course, as our people normally do, this stuff was all together. This stuff was like, there was no, there was no Island. Like these people were communicating with each other and and coordinating with each other, you know? And so, yeah, it's, it's absolutely beautiful that I, I finally put that piece of the puzzle together. And so I'm excited to see like what, uh, what's going to happen with this documentary it's going to be awesome
1: yeah man yeah and you're i mean that's all in your backyard yeah that's yeah
0: yeah right that's yeah. exciting i actually was uh i was chatting with um i was chatting with uh with jamal gray and he was telling me uh about how production's about to wrap up i'm like man i'm like super excited about this dude like, <laughs> like you have no idea yeah. like so yeah so yeah man yeah. uh go support i'll leave the link again in the in the description um uh, for the Kickstarter this time, they also have a, a foundation page that you can go and donate through. Uh, but I'm I'm plugging the Kickstarter here. So just shameless plug really quick. Uh, and, a, and a transition, I guess, unless you have some more art, artists that you want to talk about, which is cool. Uh, but I also want to talk, I want to pick your brain about some documentaries. Me and Ryan were talking the other night. We were talking about documentaries. And I was talking about the uh, I Called Him Morgan documentary. We talked about that i talked about oh, yeah. the birth of a cool documentary which is awesome and then somehow we got on to and we you talked about this before the albert ayler documentary mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. i thought i thought was incredible because i didn't know a lot
1: about that that guy
0: so yeah. yeah you got any documentaries for us to talk about
1: yeah man uh so real quick I, uh casper collins who i think directed uh my name uh my name's alba uh, he he's the guy that did uh, the Lee Morgan joint. What? If I'm, okay. If I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken. See, I so, need to read yeah. the credits better, man. No, that's dope. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah, so I'm actually hopeful that he releases My Name is Albert Ireland. I feel like that, that movie deserves to be seen by more people. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, but uh, I, so I saw I was chopping it up with Manuel the other day. Uh, Fire Music. It's the documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. told me
0: about that, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, so that one's really intriguing because uh, you know it, it's it's intended to capture the kind of free jazz uh, you know origins of uh, of music and and um what stood out to me the most was uh hearing some uh, some cats that i've listened to for decades and but never hearing the actual voice mm-hmm. you know always you know because it's instru- instrumental music yes yeah. uh no, noah howard when like when he, the director has footage of noah howard you know Prior to him passing, mm-hmm. and I just to hear him talk, I was like, I was astonished. I was like, "Wow, that's dope. That's really dope." <laughs> um, so I don't know where that footage came from or how long. I think that documentary's been in the making for quite some time. But uh, Noah Howard's on there, uh, Prince Lachey, mm-hmm. uh Sonny Simmons, prior to him passing. So just a lot of cats that I, you know, I've I got a batch that I've listened to for many, many years.
0: Firebird. I got a bad Sonny Sonny Simmons and uh and Prince Lachey <laughs> record that Firebird. I have are yeah. you hip to that? You know about that record? Oh yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. I know you yeah. do. I should have known yeah. you do. Yeah, that's yeah. a that's a bad record right yeah. there, man. Whew. Yeah, man. It's crazy. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. That's really dope, man. And you told me about that, and I I can't wait for that either. That's gonna be dope. Um, that makes me think about how your interest in in free jazz. So I'm gonna ask this really random question really quickly do you have a favorite jazz standard because you're a free jazz guy so you enjoy and and you well you enjoy all music i know you do but like Mm -hmm. you i feel like you're really good and you're really ingrained in and immersed in that like free jazz area do you have like a jazz standard that you like or are you like all of them were great and like i move on to you know the free jazz stuff uh
1: it's interesting man like uh Yes, I mean I, I I do like jazz standards, but I like the reinterpretations. Like uh mm. I like when people take a standard and they deconstruct it and they make it their own. That's
0: yeah, I was telling yeah. right about yeah. that. That's so awesome. That's like that that to me is the to like the degree of like avant-garde that I can get into, right? Like I yeah. can get into some other stuff, but like that's what I understand, right? When they take something like I said on Green Dolphin Street, deconstruct mm-hmm. it and make it like a they'll say red dolphin street or something but they yeah. they're playing around <laughs> with you know that concept right Yeah. so yeah sorry yeah. about interrupting you though
1: yeah no no but that i that, i really enjoy that yeah and on green dolphin street is, is one of the first when i hear jazz standard it's one of the first tracks yeah, that comes same, to mind same same that's why i've been uh, saying it all yeah. weekend man
0: anytime <laughs> i mention this standard i'm like green on green dolphin street yeah, yeah
1: yeah yeah and uh so that reminds me there was i was watching uh there's a vibraphonist joel ross mm-hmm. uh young cat who who is doing some really big things uh recently but he was on i was watching a, was a youtube video I, i'm gonna find it and send it to you but he okay. uh essentially he was he joined this uh quartet quintet for uh for like a one hour online concert mm-hmm. uh, it had to be within the last 12 months but he uh they reinterpreted a lot of uh coltrane's uh, old joints nice so not stand. i mean anything coltrane has done you know i know a lot of a lot of young yeah. artists you know yeah. w- want to reinterpret and, and you know try I, I don't their know. hand at that the the video was live from emmett's place volume 69 I, i'll shoot you a link to it definitely but he does he does some really interesting things on that um but yeah man i mean standards you know i think kind of the Winton marcellus approach to having to uh play a standard you know exactly as, as it was originally recorded like I, that that's not really my thing i like when mm. people take uh take liberty to do do their own thing and nice because i mean some songs when you're you listening to some standards at certain moments in the song you you actually forget the mm. original song altogether, yep, yep. and then they do something to bring you back and so that for me is intriguing
0: that's dope that's dope yeah i'm i'm very similar in the in that in that vein. Um, I have a deep love for, for standards and I have a few standards that I like love. And, and sometimes when I hear them, I want to hear them straight, but yeah, like they're also, I I really am a big fan of just like how the avant-garde scene came in and like, and did that whole thing with the standards where they were like, yeah, we get that you're used to hearing it this way, but we're going to flip it a little bit. And that flipping Mm -hmm. it a little bit turned into flipping it a lot. And it created this whole different thing, this whole different ballpark, which, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of so so yeah, um, that's awesome. You you are a jazz standard fan. Uh, you like, you like jazz standards. You said "On Green Dolphin Street" was would that, would have been yeah. a pick. Okay, cool. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, that's a solid. Yeah.
1: I was listening to you guys talk about Take Five. That that's uh that's an all-time classic Yeah, for me. Man, man, man. Uh I remember it was many, many years ago. There's a jazz singer, uh, Judy Roberts. She did uh she did uh, a, a interpretation of take five that is
2: Until you take the time out to see oh I'm alive, I'm alive Though so I'm going out of my way Just so I can fast by each day. I'm a single to say It's a mama, of to move, not a play Though I know what lies up for me I feel like I'm starting to my feet But it's like a am close to the street Since I'm away. my way I wouldn't it be better not to be so polite You could all have fun right a little conversation now It's alright
1: one, one of the best it, it rivals okay. the original in, okay. in my opinion so
0: yeah uh, i also yeah. gotta give a quick shout out because i was just thinking about like memorable moments in in music and like those intros that like are just so so like gripping right like and take five is one of those for sure um but i'm also thinking now about wayne shorter and uh and footprints and i, I don't know if that's technically a mm-hmm. uh, standard but like Just that intro, that intro of like, you know, that yeah. slow roll into like, into building up that, that sax, uh, that sax part, absolutely beautiful stuff, man. Like can't beat that. Uh, Footprints is one of my favorite songs of all time too. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it begs the question, uh, maybe question from you. So it, it, in so-called jazz, when people reinterpret, you know, standards, it seems to be generally speaking acceptable but on the flip side like in hip hop mm-hmm. if someone redoes a hip hop song it's almost taboo it's like wait, wait a minute no, what no, are you no. doing yeah you can't even you use the, I mean? sometimes you can't even use the same beat
0: without a beef you know what i mean like you got to be like yo like right you can't use right. that beat like yeah no no it, it's weird and and so those are some of the weird moments i think in music uh, i talk a lot about this in on this show and how the through line of hip hop and and jazz and that that How they essentially fold into each other right soul music and Mm r&b going into you know into jazz and going into hip-hop or whatever um and you know there are a lot of there are a lot of those amazing things that like uh that jazz gives to hip-hop essentially right um but some of the things get lost in translation and i think that's one of the those are one of the ones the imitation being flattery right and Mm -hmm. uh, i think hip-hop kind of distorted that in a weird way and they were like nah, actually imitation is whack like you need to yeah. you need to be original it. yeah which is which yeah. is which is true like there there i think in jazz even there was a level of like that you start out sounding like somebody else right Miles Davis has a great quote about how it takes a long time to sound like yourself and all that good stuff and it does mm-hmm. but i think for for hip hop you got to be like you got to come in like i've heard so many different artists like your old Drooge he gets a lot of flack for sounding like Nas, right? Like Action Bronson gets a lot of flack for sounding like Ghostface. Like you know, it's yeah. it's, it's weird. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. That's uh, that's a very interesting uh, little question right there. Like uh, I think, yeah, I think that that jazz. I don't know if it's it's a fault of jazz necessarily, but it's definitely something that's weird in hip hop. Is that you can't necessarily show that that imitation, um, mm-hmm. that you know, that you being a fan of someone. in in this sort of way in taking like bars or taking a style or taking a flow from a person and being like, no, I'm doing that because I I, I mess with you. I fuck with you heavy like not because, you know, I'm trying to, you know, copy your style. Speaking of hip hop, though, let's go. (laughs) Let's go ahead and get into that. We had this really cool discussion uh, about one of I think we both like this cat, man. I think we both I've talked about him a few times. My yeah. i've done a i've done a show around him i i want to redo i want to redo a show around him and this this kid is just i feel like he's there are a few there are a few others i would have to also put in this category but he along with these guys are essentially holding hip-hop they're taking hip-hop to the next level they're taking it into the I mean there's an element of of lyricism and and creativity that I feel like and without a doubt you know you can say what you want about the haters or whatever but there's this mm-hmm. lack of creativity and or lack of ingenuity with hip hop that's where that we're currently experiencing right especially right. on the mainstream front right like it, gone are the days where you heard the lyrical stuff and the the party stuff and all the other stuff all together on on top 40 radio gone are those mm-hmm. days like now you're only hearing one type one strand of hip-hop mostly and that's fine um however there there are a lot of great amazing lyricists still out there uh, we talked we've talked about kendrick uh but my my call my i always say his yep. name different so this guy this guy's different
1: what do you like about him like, yeah it, man well first of all i'm mad late to, to me my, too i'm, I'm later I, I, than I've most literally <laughs> i mean we're i mean I, i've heard his name periodically over the past several years uh i'm not nearly as dialed into hip-hop as i once was and i've heard his name and i, I honestly i kind of wrote it off as like as uh, one of these uh cats uh you know the duh baby something other uh, you know the acronym initials <laughs> nephew cousin I, I, and, and that's not a knock. I just there's like a in my mind mentally, I, you know, I almost kind of like wrote some of that stuff off, and it's be it's not my generation. It's not meant for me, and that's I do the same t- totally thing. Totally
0: cool. I do the same
1: thing. But yeah. but that was that was a vast mistake because when I actually heard Makami spit, I mean, I the subject matter, uh, his his tone and inflection, like it immediately. Stood out to me. And then I started digging, actually, I mean, you, you mentioned his name a couple of times. So I was like, all right, let me, let me unpack this. And the reference to to doom, honestly was, was, I was like, wait a minute. All right. I get the handkerchief thing. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the kind of extracting himself from, you know, kind of a, a celebrity persona, but his music is really, really dope. I mean, beat selection, is is top notch. And then I watched a couple of interviews and the cat is clearly intelligent and super conscious. Uh, this
0: this yeah the stuff, cons- right. stuff he knows. Right. The stuff he he laid out about his home country, Haiti. Um the stuff he understands about that that whole yeah. situation. Uh, it's I, I said it to you before, but it's almost like he went to some mystery school of some sort when it comes to right. that stuff. Like right. he's on it. And yeah. you know, he doesn't always put it in the music but he definitely drops little little gems in there. You know right. what I mean? Like and that that's right. beautiful. It's beautiful stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. And so and you know, and he's gotten a lot of uh, Noticed uh, apparently over the over the years. Yeah,
0: Jay Z but... is taking a liking to him, right? That's that's what <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what the that's what the news right. is. You know what happens when right. Jay Z takes takes a liking to you? you know, next thing you know, you sign the Rockefeller and you don't drop exactly. an album for twenty years. I'm joking. Uh, that's exactly, a joke. That, Jay no, Electronica yeah, did that, and I'm very upset <laughs> okay. about that still. Clearly, yeah, like he signed yeah. he signed to Rock Nation. I was I was expecting a project the very next year. The next year, people started giving up on him. People was like, they were jumping off the J, J Electronica bandwagon. They were jumping off the ship. I stayed yeah. strong, and when he finally released the project, I was so disappointed. But that's another that's another subject.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So J- actually, I think there's very interesting parallels between those two, actually. For sure, um, For sure. And so Jay Electronica, I I was up on him pretty early on, and um, to all the mixtapes and yeah. all the stuff he did. But yeah, you're right. I mean, ultimately, waiting for act two. And it's like a running joke, you know, <laughs> playing yeah. me and my friends. <laughs> it's like, you're going to be waiting forever. And then it finally drops and it's, you know, it's rough, unedited. Uh, then I think it got yanked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It old, got yanked. Or whatever the case. But, <laughs> but, but interest. I mean, I was still, I mean, I listened to it and I, I bumped it. Um, it kind of lost some of the, some of the mystique and luster, but
0: listen i yeah. i make my own playlist when it comes to j electronica man like I'm, yeah. I'm not even kidding like i just i just put together my my top 12 songs that i like of his and i listen to those on i could listen to those on repeat and that's the mark of yeah. uh we we talked about this for a brief bit but with hip-hop especially it seems that there's a quality of there's not a especially now there seems to be because it's a young man's sport and it's all you know it's a young man's game all that good stuff. There seems to be mm-hmm. a lack of re-listenability to this music. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's artists like Jay Electronica, and that's why I talk about him so much, is because the w- the way he builds a bar, similar to Doom, similar to Mach, um, it leaves, you're not gonna get the full thing right away, right, it, it takes multiple listens. And then after that, you're gonna realize that taking the multiple listens like now you now you're piecing together the concepts and you can do this in one listen obviously it's not like that intricate i'm not saying that but mm-hmm. you want if you want to understand it fully you're gonna go back and you want to you want to listen to it again and i think this this is the quality that jay electronica had
1: full disclosure i'm not the biggest jay jay-z fan so uh yeah for for me I, it was but i mean but you know he he was holding it. I mean, he held some of those songs. No, yeah, uh, yeah. Entirely yeah. so. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Jay Z has bars, and you saw that in that album for sure. But um, mm-hmm. I, it's always been something about his flow. I, I, and for me, flow is big. And that's what it is about Mach, I think, too. I think his versatile. He's versatile with his flow. I like a little bit of like mystery with with the flow. So if you seem too flat out, if you're too predictable, almost, right. right? It's almost right. like jazz too, if you think about it right. in a weird way. Yep. You're being too predictable about what you're doing, you're telegraphing all your all your strokes. That's I mean, it's good. It's still good, right? Like that's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I can't take away from that, but at the end of the day, I'm looking for something a little bit more.
1: That's all, you know? That's right. Know. That's right. Right. And, and so bring it full circle you know the jazz standards if you're going to play you know on Mm, green dolphin street exactly like i've heard it you know 200 times before (laughs) it you're probably not going to hold my interest you know irrespective of how how uh technical your skills are Mm -hmm. right uh it's the it's the angular unexpected approach for me that keeps me uh intrigued and coming back for repeat listen also um me and Leon have been talking a lot about uh, Muriel Grossman mm, uh, okay. recently, and so she's a she's a tenor saxophonist. Um, I think from uh, somewhere in Europe, but she's she's really dope. She's nice. you know obviously you know um, from the she's a branched off the of Coltrane tree, but doing things in a very unique way. And her ensembles change and switch, and you know she has an organ player and a guitar player. So she's constantly moving things around uh so she just dropped the album called union mm. um on rr gems that's exceptional okay so, cool up in cool. that yeah yeah man and then uh you know i've been yeah you know, every i go down these rabbit holes so right now it's Cecil taylor mm. uh, who who actually was was inspired that fire doc fire music documentary i mean i i've i, I I know Cecil Taylor, and I've listened to him, but I really haven't—I really didn't unpack it the way I needed to. So that that documentary, that documentary forced me to go back and re-listen with nice. with uh, new ears. And so I've been digging that. And then, um, lastly, man, Max Roach—you know his nice. his output from the '60s and '70s classic is unparalleled. Stuff. Yeah, classic uh, stuff. So, yeah. yeah, Max yeah. and
0: whew, Max was a hell of a drummer.
1: Yeah, Max Roach is interesting, man. You know, all, he begins with, I mean, the origins of Bebop and Miles and Charlie Parker and all those cats. Mm-hmm. And then he goes all the way through to mm-hmm. duets with Cecil Taylor and Abdul Ibrahim and all these other cats. Like he's the full spectrum. Uh, and then in between, you got, you know, the, the relationship with Abby Lincoln and all the, yeah, the yeah. social consciousness and movements that they were they were focused on. Yeah, I'm just uh, getting
0: up on Abby, by the way. I bought an LP recently. Um, I, didn't even, I didn't even know about Abby Lincoln and like bought the LP, uh, did a little homework, did a little digging around for it.
2: of delight Coco you rich as the night afro blue elegant beautiful girl dancing
0: for man yeah she was she was all up in the civil rights movement too and oh she yeah was, she was deep in there so it's like yeah. That, yeah, I, I talk a lot about that. I mean, we talk a lot about that, uh, that moment, right? That that was a moment in music and in black culture that I, I don't know, obviously, I don't, I don't know if we would ever need to replicate it in that way, but I mean, yeah, just melding a, a, a social issue into a, whether it be the black power movement that came shortly after, you know, the Civil rights movement um or the civil rights movement itself like and how the arts whether it be uh visual whether it be cinematic whether it be the the musical stuff played a huge part in that like yeah yeah. it it was literally the the catalyst in my opinion like you know so so it's crazy stuff yeah abby lincoln's dope uh i'll have a record to recommend uh, around her soon after i finished digesting it gotta finish letting it set on my stomach you know what i mean um, yeah but yeah i love yeah. her voice beautiful voice
1: yeah she's amazing yeah. yeah
0: is that a black girls love vinyl shirt
1: oh yeah <laughs> nice yeah, man. nice shout yeah, outs to them to That's they're I, awesome yeah, they're support, awesome
0: man yeah. they're awesome finding them was like a big part of like finding uh finding a part of a, a community I remember when I found that uh, that page. I found the page on Instagram first, um, and and then of course I found out that they you know podcast and and all that stuff, blog and all that stuff, which is amazing. Um,
1: I need to get me one of those
0: shirts. <laughs> so so yeah, I've been meaning to get one. Yeah,
1: yeah. I just I love to see it, man. Just just uh, black folks from all walks of life, just you know uh, into the culture and the hobby, and a very authentic. Uh, just love to see it. So. Yeah, uh, I bought my I bought my wife a shirt and my sister a shirt and I was like, you know what, I'm a cop one. I'm nice, cop one. nice. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna i to
0: ask a personal question now since you yeah, brought up your yeah. wife. Do you ever take her when you dig? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Does she <laughs> help you.
1: But, uh, you know what? It, it <laughs> Don't get funny. in trouble. <laughs> like, when, when, when yeah, when we were dating, uh, she was she was right there in the mix, but now she's like. All right, I'm going to go across the street, but uh, she's very supportive. <laughs> she's, she's supportive. Um, and, and, you know, she's got a nice little collection of her own. So, oh, sweet. Uh, sweet. I think, I, you know, she's, uh, her dad's Jamaican, so anything nice. reggae. Uh, nice. Yeah, She's she's got her own taste of music, and, you know, she'll DJ every once in a while.
0: Man, let me tell you something. If, if there is a 45s in reggae, are probably the most intimidating things Mm -hmm. in vinyl to me. Like I get it, I mean, obviously, like I get into a little reggae with Bob Marley and Peter Tosh and the big names, right? But like, man, there are so many amazing groups, Uh, Burning Spear, um, I'm just thinking Third World, right? There's just so many different reggae groups and, and some of them didn't even get a chance to put out music on LPs, they only were able to put them out on, on EPs on, on, you know, seven inches. Uh, and I talked yeah. to Bruce about this. And do you have any thoughts around like the lushness of, you know, uh, of, of developing countries? And I hate to call them that, but, uh, but countries who have like these crazy music histories, but like a lot of it is so undiscovered,
1: like, yeah, it's like
0: a tragedy yeah.
1: almost, but, you know, yeah, man, I, you know, I love that uh, exploring those kind of, you know, unknown field. And you're right. I mean, my understanding of, and I don't know, I'm not uh, a, a reggae expert by any means, but my understanding of, I, I know that, you know, Bob Marley once, you know, had his own record label, mm. pressing plants. And I know there's a rich history there. Um, and you're, you, you know, like the 45s, That that's a world that I don't even, you know, I'm not a DJ. <laughs> I don't really touch that. Cause I know that's a, completely different it's different (laughs) that there's record
0: collectors and then there are 45 collectors i'm not even kidding like that seven inches is totally different from the rest of the game but
1: but yeah i mean i i completely respect it oh Um, yeah yeah i you know i know enough to know that i don't really know anything and and uh but but to get back to to your original question yeah man like bruce that's why i respect that brother so much because he's you know he's delved into those worlds and and um you know, he not only discovers the music and the artists, uh, but it's the culture and, you know, the complete experience. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, being willing to, to step into something like that is very admirable. So um, I see it. I respect it. You know, I've, I've been digging overseas in a few few countries. Uh, I have not. That is, that with, is with limited with with limited limited uh results you know i i have an affinity for the original pressing from the original country to get as close to the original artifact as possible but that that is uh that's also how you get into the situation where you're paying 400 for a record right because, yeah yeah <laughs> you know I, so I, I i can't
0: which I can't is not really bad i'm telling you that's not mm-hmm. bad i mean i know that like i i scoffed at it when when you said it but i mean i Listen, if when I'm in the position to do that, it's gonna happen, I, and I already know that. Like that's why God hasn't given me anything because He knows I'm just gonna waste it on records, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. Um,
1: but but no, man. I mean, I, I certainly have. I mean, I have a. I'm looking at a stack of Music Matters um, back when this is uh, several years ago. Mm-hmm. I think before some of the the hype really started. Um, so I certainly, I have some, like, you know, some blue note stuff that I, there's no way I could afford an original, um, um uh, certainly the condition. And then they are, you know, audio file pressings, you know, mixed and mastered by the best. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, don't knock it at all. I, I have a stack, but to be honest, like I thought when I'm looking at, you know, trimming down, which I try not to do, but frankly, I'm running out of space. Mm-hmm. So uh, when I'm out of space and I need to unload some stuff, that's usually the first thing that I, that I part with is, you know, reissues, um, especially as I start to fill in some OGs. Um, you know, I, 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 really try not to hold two copies of a single record with the exception of the weather report. Uh, <laughs> so, so, you know, outside of that, man, I, you know, I try to.
0: Hold on, which try is not to- black, is, is is it black market or, uh, heavy weather? Which one? Heavy weather. Uh, yeah, heavy weather. heavy weather. Yeah, that's a dope. Yeah, heavy, yeah. I like black yeah. market too, though. But heavy weather. Yeah, that's dope. a good one too. Yeah
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good one too. Um, but yeah, man. So I, you know, I'm really challenging myself. Uh, trying not to covet uh, things and hold them too, too tightly. Um, to the vest. And talk so about that. That's why that that's, that's the reason why you know sometimes I'll I'll, I'll gift people things uh, if I feel like it's something that I've enjoyed and I want somebody else to experience. I'll just, you know, send it to him because for me that's uh, it's therapeutic for me, and then m- most importantly, get music out there, giving people the opportunity to kind of expand. So.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that just a little bit. I'm gonna let you go here in a sec, but that's that is something I noted about you, and it's almost weird because I think of myself in my little 600s, 500, 600 records, and I'm like. Huh? Like, am I gonna ever get to that? I'm a, i I'm a giving person. I, I, you know, I love giving gifts and stuff. But you know, I'm very weird about my records, right? You know, like, but I, I like that I, because I think you're at a place that I believe all collectors get to at one point, um, if they're doing, if they're doing it right, right? Um, and that is sharing your your collection with those around you, your community. Talk a little bit about, I think, how. How, how did you get to that point? Were you always like that? Like, when you were building your collection, were you like, if I don't need this anymore, I'm going to, you know, give it or, you know, sell it or whatever? Like, have you always been like that? Or is that something that's just come about?
1: Yeah, I um, I, I certainly, well, I found myself coveting things and, and uh, you know, acquiring a quote-unquote holy grail. And mm-hmm, that, that mm-hmm. object became more important than, who I am as a person, my morals, my values, et cetera. And so I, I combat that by, by, you know, gifting people things or. gifting me stuff. Things.
0: Yeah. So totally yeah. understand. Yeah. Yeah. You?
1: yeah. but and, and it, it you know, it's, it's, um, it, for me, it, it makes me feel, uh, it, one, it makes me feel good Two, It, it makes me feel like, um, uh, you know, it's a connection, a, a human connection that, I mean, you don't always get when you're on Zoom or you're on IG mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. Uh and so uh it's it's just something and I and I know I'm I'm not alone in that effort, but to be honest, man, like I'm I'm um at some point I'm gonna transition <laughs> and I you know, I will no longer be on this earth. Yes. Yeah, right. We all and, we all have that. Yep. W- right, right. I think we're all probably gonna go through that and I'm at a stage in my life where I'm I'm thinking about um okay what happened to all this stuff right mm-hmm. and and i've had some pretty intriguing conversations with like leon and you know talking about you know a foundation or a way to preserve our history and have a legacy beyond yeah. my 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 personal ownership because the way i've been thinking about it is you know when when especially in the last year and a half with COVID, when people pass um, you know someone you know they have an estate sale or mm-hmm. someone takes all their belongings and if they have a stack of records they might end up at a record store you know they pay pennies on a dollar yep. i think if you, if you're getting 25 30 percent you're doing really good mm-hmm. and then a lot of people don't know what they have these mm-hmm. are these are artifacts these are black heirlooms that mm-hmm. go into the market and then people pay a thousand dollars plus for them yep. so that that cycle albeit natural and, and, and part of the society that we live in, um, it just doesn't sit well with me. And so um, I'd rather I'd rather have have the music and the, the the records live on so other people can experience them. So when I transition, I've started to think about, OK, what happens to this stuff? I don't want it to end up at my local and someone just comes through and says, oh, sweet. Sweet Free Jazz Collection. I came yeah. up today, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, to me, it's much more than that. So um, I don't know what... Actually, I know that there, at one point there was a, a music uh, archivist slash museum in New York, mm-hmm. and I think they lost their uh, their lease. And so I don't know what happened. Damn. They apparently had, you know, hundreds of thousands of records. But I, I'm curious to, you know, like giving it to the Schomburg or somewhere where black folks i like yeah
0: i like us creating that though like you said like having that having something where we can build a library of of our own um that catalogs all of the amazing shit that we've done via music Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. that's extremely important bro like that's like that's dope like i (laughs) i can't say too much but that's dope like uh, I think it's in, it's extremely important um, as much as you know our record collectors are dinged for being like you said, um, we're very attached to our to our possessions of of records. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day there is there is the inevitable transition that we all that we all have to face and I think it makes sense to not get too attached like you know I, I always try to say that as well like, the the important piece is you hearing the music like mm-hmm. yeah the the album artwork is dope Hel- holding it in your hands is dope you know reading the liner notes is always fun but it's the experience you know what i mean like it's right you read the liner right. notes while you're enjoying the music that's an experience it's not the liner notes that you're attached to you know you're attached to that experience it's almost like a drug in the sense right where it's like right. you know you're tra- you're just chasing that high essentially Um, So it's important to keep that in mind that like what you're I mean, as beautiful as all your collection is, what you're chasing isn't to hold on to the physical nature of your collection. It's that experience of you pulling that Mm -hmm. record out and putting it on the turntable. you getting your hands on that OG for the low. And I I think as much as I love all all of our local all of our local shops, I, I do have to agree like that. You know and when i transition not saying you know that i have nearly the collection that you have i have i can count all my ogs that are crazy you know expensive and whatever on one hand you know you have you know <laughs> countless right uh but not comparing i'm just saying um so I've, I've thought about that as well like you know transitioning or even leaving the hobby altogether you know about some of the stuff that i've been dealing with in life and so like i've even mm-hmm. been thinking about that just like oh, like maybe i should just you know you know, sell my collection and, and move to Africa or something. I don't know. You know. Mm-hmm. So I've I've been thinking about what happens with that though. And and you know, they lowball me, not saying that, you know they're going to do so purposely, right? But this is business, right? So like, you know, yeah. that's going to happen. Yeah. Like there's, I'm not going to get the full amount that I should get for the record, even if, or either I'm going to, you know, gyp somebody else online, right? Like that can happen, right? So it's mm-hmm. it's a weird, vicious little circle that, that, is, um, that is the nature of, of society, unfortunately. But hearing you talk about what what you just talked about with your record collection and and wanting it to be preserved and wanting it to somehow stay with our community no that's
1: beautiful bro like
0: absolutely like so kudos (laughs) to you on that one like
1: all right man well let's uh yeah let's work on it man i know that i'm not i'm not alone in that sentiment uh i know there are cats much smarter than me that have good ideas um so yeah i'm just trying to just find space to do you know to do the things that are important so ultimately you know um this stuff lives well beyond me right yeah. so the experiences that i that i have uh and love and share you know when i see black girls love vinyl i'm like they're having the same experience yeah man, that is it's so uh dope. that 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 makes me smile in a way that uh not a lot of things give me that, that sense of joy. So. Yeah, even
0: if even if it's like records that I, I don't even like. Like I I just like the fact that vinyl is like the a thing now. You know, like I, I when I see a Jaheem record, I'm like, Why well, is I don't yeah. like no I wouldn't <laughs> listen to this. But that's not the point right (laughs) it's not the point that you would list listen to Jaheim on vinyl it's the point that Jaheim has a has a record and someone's buying it and someone's enjoying it as much as I would enjoy say whatever artist I'm going to enjoy that shit is awesome I I can't I can't get enough of it so I'm all I'm always all over the web looking for stuff like that because it's just um yeah and I mean, it's a progression too. like I mean the the, the Michael Jackson stuff, the Stevie Wonder stuff, you, these are records that you find in your sleep, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Stevie mm-hmm. Wonder, my 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 friend has a story very akin to what you talked about and and it's I've said it before. I actually pr- told I've probably told you numbers of times too. But um shout outs to Carmen. That's my homegirl from uh, college. And her mother passed. Uh, this is shortly after college. And her mother was a collector. collected a lot of John Coltrane, Alice Coltrane, Pharaoh, all that stuff. Literally like top shelf shit. Like she was collecting Beautiful. this in the 60s and 70s, right? Mm-hmm. Um And Carmen ended up essentially yard sailing uh the collection. So like I mean, somebody came up. Because you know she was pricing this stuff at like a dollar, five dollars, because they, they were records. Like she didn't think they were worth anything. Um, yeah. But that they're worth much more than even if she would have charged them the actual price. You know, like these are yeah. rec- these are heirlooms that could have continued to stay um, in our, like I said, in our community um, for time immemorial. So you know, it's yeah. like yeah. that. That's super important, bro. Like, and and that's why I really enjoy talking to you is because you hit me to stuff like that. Like, the idea of that, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's good stuff. That's dope, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time, man. Uh, this has been really cool, really fun. Um, yeah, we kind of covered a whole bunch of stuff, we were all over the place, but it's cool because that's, that's what it's supposed to be. Like, uh, you know, I think one of the things I'm trying to do now that I've kind of established the format and a template and all that stuff. Like, it's just kind of be, now I'm getting into the free jazz part, right? Like I'm, I'm allowing the show to kind of just be organic. Like me and Ryan, we recorded, we had an episode, uh, Friday and we didn't have any notes. We were just like. Just like off the dome, just like talking about like, what, uh, like yeah. you know, chopping it up, chopping it about about yeah. our community, about music. Right. And so, like, I think it's important to, to for me to be able to do that. It it feels a lot better. Not saying that, you know, I have a tight script or anything, but it does feel a lot better when I'm just able to have a guy like yourself on and just chop it up. You know? Mm. Yeah, man.
1: Yeah, man. I uh, I'm glad to see you back at it, man. Uh, Appreciate it. Means, yeah, it it means a lot. I you know I enjoy the episodes. Uh, the Bruce episode, every time, every time you chop it up with somebody else, uh, I'm a fan. So uh just to have the opportunity to to do this with you, man, is uh, it's a privilege, bro. Hey man,
0: hey man, you you family, you the this, you the co-host, man, you a co-host. <laughs> you know, that's a, I'm literally I'm being for real, man. Like that's it, it's it's uh, we've we've had a you've you've helped me a lot. Um, with a lot of the different um things around the podcast and and around life in general currently um, i look at you like a like sort of a big brother at this point um and the same with all the other guys too you know and that's my mushy piece for the day for the episode but you know that's <laughs> it you know uh, so yeah peace out guys uh the record spinner podcast uh you can email me at the record spinner podcast at gmail.com um, you can uh, reach out to me on at on Instagram at Rebirth of the Cool, and uh, yeah, I'll see you guys next time. Peace. Or peace and light.